The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now we are joined by transport consultant Connor Faulkner, who's CEO of the RIAC. Connor, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Hi. We want to talk to you about the price of the pump and yeah. when it's likely to go up or down. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, this is all very dependent on world markets, and we've been looking at the world oil price, um, which is fascinating stuff. The world, the world Bank produced a report earlier in the week, um, and they are expecting oil prices to fall uh, into next year, notwithstanding the current conflict. Now they've done some scenario planning as to what might happen if things worsen. Um, But on the face of it, when this most recent uh, shock to the global ecosystem, the the, the outbreak of the conflict in Gaza, uh, when that occurred at the start of October, there was an immediate spike in oil prices. So the speculators, if you like, put a war premium in straight away and oil prices went up to $92, $93 per barrel. Um, that's actually come back. So oil prices have fallen in the last little while and you know, down to $82, $83 overnight and just sort of hovering. It's up a little bit today, but that's kind of day trading yeah. stuff. Uh, so it's interesting that, um, you know, for the time being, notwithstanding the conflict in the Middle East and its headlines, uh, the World Bank and others are actually expecting oil demand to fall. OK, so they are presuming that other countries are not going to get involved in this conflict at this stage, which might limit supply. Yeah, uh, and the World Bank's report the other day produced three levels of kind of risk assessment. And they think we're in the low risk at the moment, but they also modelled medium and high. And high would be if the conflict escalated and it became equivalent in terms of disruption to, say, the Gulf War, at that level of disruption. And that could take out, they estimate, maybe six to eight million barrels of oil per day. And, you know, conveniently for the arithmetic, the globe uses 100 million barrels of oil per day. So, you know, could take out 6%. And they said that could move the oil price to $150 per barrel. It doesn't go up by 6%. It It goes up massively. Yeah, it does. Uh, But even in that sort of what they map out as the worst case scenario, um, if the conflict escalated, um, that would still, uh, they say, have have a relatively minor effect on the world economy. Uh, People will remember the oil shocks of the 70s, for example. Mm. But one of the interesting stats is that we're oil is less impactful now. It takes half as much oil to produce one unit of GDP, which is to say that we d- it, the relative importance of oil now compared yeah. to the 70s has halved. But so if you take your own car... Yeah. It's twice as efficient as it was in the 70s. Exactly. You know, so, so we're using a lot less. Yeah. I mean, if you have a modest diesel car at our pump prices, half of which is tax, that's another story, you're going to spend about €2,000 per year average. That's if you you know get six litres per 100 kilometres and do 17,000 mm. kilometres per year. You're Mr. Average. Uh, you'll spend just over €2,000 per annum on your fuel. Um, if you're electric, by the way, it's half that, almost yeah. literally half that. Um, so you, if the oil price goes up, you will feel that and we'll feel it as we did 13, 14 months ago when there was a big spike. Uh, and we'll feel that as increased fuel prices and therefore inflation. Now, how long does it take for the the up or down impact to hit us at the pump? Um, it's fairly easy to track. Roughly speaking, and this is really, really, you know, it bubbles, but roughly speaking, it's about three to four weeks. So if you can look at what's happening to world oil prices now and to the dollar versus the euro right now, you can therefore be reasonably predictive about what's likely to happen over the next three four weeks. Uh, and in our case, the trend is very, very modestly down. Uh, prices, according to the AA, fell about one or two cents in the last month. And that's what it looks like right now. Um, for it to worsen, we would need the oil price to go up again. And as I say, 
World markets currently don't believe that's going to happen, which is unusual with Ukraine still live, obviously, and and everybody on the globe concerned about what's happening in the Middle East. Mm. Uh, But as I say, they put a war premium in at the start of the month and they seem to have taken it out now. Now, uh, road deaths, we have surpassed the number for the entire uh, of 2022 already and we still have two months to go. Yeah, that was pretty grim. That happened just before the bank holiday weekend. We we, we equaled last year's total. Uh, we're now up at 157, 158 road deaths so far this year. So we're way, way behind. What's going wrong? Well, government is agonising about reduced speed limits here or introduce this or change that law or double penalty points. The thing that's going wrong is the numbers of Gardaí. It's as plain as the nose on your face. There was a report from the Department of Justice earlier this week told us that the headcount in the guard, the traffic core is down to 654. Now that pat is pathetic. It's supposed to be 1100. It was 1100 a decade ago. It has been allowed to die on the vine. It's half the size it should be, and that is the single yeah. biggest now, thing. They will probably say, "Hang on a second. We now have these speed vans, the so-called Gatso vans. Mm. They're doing a lot of the stuff." that Gardaí used to do, you know, sitting on that little hillock on a motorway. That's a waste of Gardaí time. They could be doing other things, crime prevention, crime detection. So instead, we'll get the civvies uh, to do it uh, because they don't need, you know, particular crime skills. Mm. They just have to measure. Well, the civvies man the Gatso vans and the Gatso vans are a useful tool, but they're a, a one-dimensional tool. They only do one thing. And we know from empirical experience, QED, the Irish data is a clear case in point. When you cut down visible, proactive, preventative enforcement, yellow bibs, the physical sight of Gardaí, their actual presence on the roads, when you remove that you will see your collision statistics worsen. It's as, as I say, the data proves that really, really clearly. And that's what we've done. And, mm. and for government's response to be centred around brainstormed new ideas, whether they're good ones or bad ones, is frustrating. They're not even commenting on the fact that the Garda traffic corps has halved in size. Yeah. One and, of the know, issues that uh, some of the Garda mentioned on this programme, the idea that they don't have ordinary cars uh, which are really guard the cars, but they're disguised. They're ordinary saloons. Mm. They may have souped up engines and so on, uh, and they have the lights hidden behind uh, the, mm. the the front bumper, basically, or uh, somewhere on the dash, because um, they catch people doing all sorts of bad things, and you don't know they're the guard Yeah. So you continue with your bad behaviour, and then suddenly those blue lights start flashing and you're done. Yeah, and, and you know, the, and there is a delta between uh, preventative policing, which is kind of proactive and visible, versus covert. You can ha- can't have no covert. That doesn't work either. And the guards themselves will make the point in their own defence and attempt to defend the indefensible under-resourcing that they suffer. But they will make the point that other guardy who are traffic specialists will physically do traffic enforcement. But that's where we used to be before we had a traffic core. And we don't need to debate this. We proved it ourselves, our 20-year lived experience is resource the guard the traffic corps and you will reduce the deaths. Don't and you won't. Uh, finally, uh, Connor, is there any breakdown yet as to how many cyclists died, how many pedestrians yeah. died, how many drivers died, how many passengers died? Because just anecdotally looking at many of the reports, a lot of pedestrians yeah. seem to be victims this year. And, you know, you hate victim blaming of anybody, but if you can't see someone... yeah. 
Well, there is good data on that. And for the first time, we actually have e-scooter users turning up in the deaths. Uh, And all of these figures are are, are preliminary until post-coronary reports and all that. So they're all just indicative. But we do know that, yes, pedestrian deaths are up. Uh, There are cycling deaths in the mix as well. Um, And look, roads are dangerous things. So you don't want to go victim blaming, obviously. But everybody who uses the roads requires to be safety aware. If you've got a spinning blade in the factory, you know, you, 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 you have to be cautious of it. It's an unfortunate fact of life that one of the biggest risks we face is when we go out and use our transport system. So everybody involved has to be safety aware. Connor Falkman, who's CEO of the RIAC. Connor, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.